Hi, I'm Sean. Hey, I'm Clayton, and we're men who like men who like movies. We are two queer men who love the movies and really love talking about movies. And after a very long time of people being like, just start a podcast, goddammit, we started a podcast. Uh, Why don't you tell me what we're watching this week, Sean? This week we are watching one of our favorite movies. We are watching Sorority Row from 2009. And what a time capsule of 2009 it is. (laughs) Yeah, this is the most 2009 film that 2009 has ever given us. Yeah, pretty much. I was watching this with my, my ex, my poor ex, who has somehow watched all of our movies with me. And he just looked at me at some point and was just like, this is how gay men in their 20s talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, as a gay man who was 20 years old when this came out, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to call it a guilty pleasure because I don't really believe in those. It just, it makes me happy. So. Oh, this is 100% a guilty pleasure. Uh it is of the same vein of like Drop Dead Gorgeous, where it's very much like, mm, <laughs> is this politically correct? No. But am I having fun with it? Absolutely. I would not compare this to Drop Dead Gorgeous on level. Well, Drop Dead Gorgeous is a straight up satire, but this one, I, I mean, like <laughs> the vibe, like not even the vibe, but just like the fact that a lot of the stuff that is said in this is a time capsule. Of like when it when it came out. Uh, we're gonna do this one a little bit differently. This is a kind of a for fun episode for us. This is the type of thing that made us want to become podcasters to get to come on here and just have fun talking about one of our favorite movies. From what I know, a lot of us queers love it. Because we love a good bitchy movie. <laughs> and oh and... <laughs> my god, the bitchy is strong with this one. So uh, here is the story of Sorority Row, remembered by quotes. Um, first of all, little side note, this is a remake of The House on Sorority Row, kind of. But basically they're both just based on the screenplay for Seven Sisters. By Mark so, Sean, I'm going to give you a quote and you from a scene or segment, and you can tell me what all happens in that, and I will comment if I feel like I need to. So, <laughs> <laughs> the first quote I'm going to throw out for you is, give me a beer and a BJ. <laughs> all right. So, we start off Rorty Row with this epic banger of a party. Um, honestly, it's the type that you see in movies and you're just like, do people really have parties like that? Well, again, uh, I was in, co- I was at Purdue at that time and I was actually pledging a fraternity and stuff. So I went to some parties. You pledged a fraternity? Why did I, never, I not know that? I don't know why you don't know that. I'm sure I would have <laughs> told you. Um, but... Uh, Fraternities are really expensive, so I decided not to. And to finish going through with it, I mean, they were all really nice. And the parties I went to, like, they were fun, but they weren't crazy like this. But also, I would not think that it was too far out of hand that parties like this happen. 
I do right. think it is still movieized a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, there's people dressed as bunnies with uh, jumping out of giant trampoline, having in the pillow, middle of the house, <laughs> having a pillow fight. There's feathers everywhere. There's you know the typical. They're circling each other's fat and there's choreographed dancing led by our lead Brianna Evigen. Well, yeah, she was. She was coming hot off of a step up too, so they had to have a choreographed dance sequence. This is a good time. They're dancing. Tear me up. This soundtrack is such a banger. I listen to this all the time. Good to this day. Um, But yeah, the soundtrack's a banger, and so is this party. And continue on, Sean. So we do an epic tracking shot through the house and seeing all the different forms of debauchery. And the line that Clayton let us off with is actually spoken by this kind of a douchey frat boy. Oh, sorry, no offense ahead. to all you super sexy, upstanding frat boys. I'm single. You can get a hold of me. I'll tell you how later. <laughs> um, uh, but he is talking to another one of our leads, Chugs, who is played by Margot Harshman. And he said, tells her the good old line, get me a beer and a, bl- and a BJ. And she does the best thing. She throws her beer in his face and then throws the cup in the air and walks away in slow motion. And as one should. Chugs is just a bam. Oh, and then I she steals Chugs. a beer out of someone else's hand. <laughs> I know. She just grabs it and walks away. I mean, they're the seniors at the sorority. They can do what they want. And then we track over uh, through the kitchen and we get Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Carrie fucking Fisher herself. The house mother. She's pouring alcohol in a drink that generally doesn't come with alcohol and this music's just pulsating and it's great and you're like, holy fuck, it's Carrie Fisher. Although I gotta say, they got some pretty good soundproofing for the kitchen, because it is not very loud in there. Yeah, but you can still hear it. I, I love the sound design for this movie. Love it. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it tracks over to the resident nerd girl, Ellie, played by uh, Rumor Willis. Good old Rumor Willis. I... She will scream a lot in this movie. <laughs> yes, she does. Oh. It's so funny, though. And she is being hit on by another frat guy and gets rescued by another one of our leads, Jamie Chung's Claire, who is so beautiful. I was about Uh, to say, like, Jamie Chung is so pretty. Like, oh my gosh, she's stunning. And and looks exactly the same. Claire pulls Ellie upstairs. And they get pulled into Jessica, who is our lead sister, played well, by the fabulous Leah Pipes. Yes, MVP of the movie. And also, Brianna Ebigan comes upstairs at the same time, and it tracks her, and and they all end up in Jessica's room. And I'll give you a prompt for this scene. A quote that is said is, Is this about time to tell you I boned your dad? <laughs> and so our our leads here give us a fun little affirmation thing while taking shots uh, and they each go into why they love each other and 
It's sweet. Jessica says to Claire, I love you because you make me multicultural without even trying. And then Claire says to Chugs, I love you, Chugs, because you're willing to try anything new and you don't give a damn what anyone thinks. And that's when Chugs replies to Claire, is this a bad time to tell you I boned your dad? (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) To which Claire replies, gross. (laughs) (laughs) And then Chugs says to Ellie, is this, uh, I love you because you're always there to help with homework. You're like a spell check with a nice rack. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> like, really, uh, this is a sweet time. And then Ellie says to Cassidy, I love you because you're so real. And then Jessica, of course, has to interject and says, that's just because she can't afford fake ones. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a bitch. I love her so much. Uh, and and that, to cap it all off, Cassidy says to Jessica, I love you because you make being a bitch an art form. And that is, my God, does Leah Pipes make being a bitch an art form. I know. That's really what all I want to attain in life is for someone to say to me that I make being a bitch an art form. That would just... I mean, what if... claim you make being a bitch an art form. Oh, you're just saying that. but No, I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And so to lead us into the next section of the film... Um, I'll give you another fun quote. What can I say? My brother's good in bed. <laughs> I hate that line. There are very few lines in this movie I don't love. And that's one that's just like... Ugh. Chugs <laughs> is so funny. Like, you'll just... <laughs> anyway, continue on with... The, they're like, hey, our sister so Cassidy realizes... is missing. Yep, so Cassidy realizes that... Um, one of their sisters, Megan, is missing. Um, and they think, she, where is she? And so they pull out a computer, a laptop, and they show that there's a live video going on. And Garrett, Matt O'Leary, is uh, making out with his girlfriend, or was ex-girlfriend, played by Adriana Patrick as Megan. And even though he cheated on her, and that is when uh, when Ellie says, oh, he took her back? I thought he cheated on her. And Chug says, what can I say? My brother's good in bed. <laughs> and Ellie goes, gross. Ew. <laughs> How many times in this movie does, does Chug say something and gets responded with, gross? <laughs> Or maybe, ew. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but I think it's all funny, but I'm dark. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they are watching on the video. Matt O'Leary is free lit up Audrina Patridge. And then all of a sudden, she stops moving. And then, like, white foam starts coming out of her mouth. And... This is after that the girls real uh, the girls revealed that they had roofied or given roofies to Garrett to give to Megan. Yes. And so they and all also I just like to throw in here that Chug says, What? <laughs> Roofie sex isn't that bad. You get late and you get a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, we're not promoting that. It's just that's in the movie. They say it. It's funny. She's just really good at delivering yeah. lines like that. Yeah, um, these lines are fantastic, but <laughs> it is very much like, ooh, oh, and it would not hold up now. <laughs> she's she's basically having a seizure. They go to check on her, and Garrett's like, "Oh my god, they killed her!" And then. Jessica starts to give her mouth to mouth and then while she's giving her mouth to mouth all of a sudden Megan's hand comes up and she starts kissing Jessica and she goes what no tongue and (laughs) Jessica goes easy there Leslie Lohan (laughs) yeah yeah to 2009 baby (laughs) and it reveals that the whole thing is a prank and probably the dumbest prank I've ever seen, to be honest. Um, you know, when they do those pranks in horror movies that are only pranks that happen in horror movies, this is one of those pranks. It just, it's bad, but they just want to get back at Garrett for cheating on her, even though he is Chug's brother, because you cheat on one theta, you cheat on every theta. <laughs> And also, he rushed try pie. And you know what their motto is? They'll try any pie. Yeah, they will try any pie. And you know what that means. <laughs> and so uh, my next prompt I'm going to give you is, oh my god, she's really dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they decide that they're going to drive Megan to the hospital. And oh, yeah, the hospital. so it's all, all of them are in the car. Um, and Garrett is freaking out, rightfully so. He thinks he just murdered his girlfriend. Um, or she's dying, essentially. Yes, and because he uh, roofied her, like... With, with two of the pills when they told her, when Chug says she only told him to give, him, give her one. Yeah, Garrett's not so bright, but, you know... No, he's kind of dumb. <laughs> and um, a bad person because he's willing to roofie someone. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and that that is a problem. Uh, but they are all trying their best not to give away the plot, um, and they're laughing at different spots. And uh, Jessica goes, "Oh, I think she's getting cold." <laughs> and Chuck's is just like, "Oh my god, she's really dead." <laughs> I love when I don't even remember who it was. They start laughing, and then they look over at her, and she's like, oh. <laughs> "It's Chug." Jessica of looks at Chug, and she tries to laugh, and she's like starting to laugh, and then Jessica just like turns and looks at her a little bit, and she's like, <laughs> "They are basically just driving out of." city limits and end up heading towards this like abandoned I thought mine. we were going I thought we were going to the hospital. I think I took the wrong turn. <laughs> just, I'm totally freaking out here. We just <laughs> ended up at this very specific mine in the middle of nowhere that you know when you take a wrong turn that's just where you end up. And so they end up there and they put Audrina Patrick outside or Megan and they are just kind of still playing the prank. Cassidy's very much like, okay, when are we going to end this? This is kind of stupid. <laughs> also, I love Brianna Evigan's husky voice so much. 
Yes. I love the way her voice sounds. I just, I can't get enough of it. And she was like 2009 Kathleen Turner. <laughs> yeah. And every single shot they have of that mining shaft, like shown in the shadows and fog and in the black and smoke. And it just looks so good and so cool. It's so iconic and it's great. I wish it featured more, but I'm glad every time it's there because it just looks really cool. Good. <laughs> Good production design in that. Uh, but yeah, going on with so, the prank. Yep, so the prank is still kind of going on. Uh, Ellie, who is pre-med, our little nerd woman. If there's any air in the lungs, she'll float to the surface. I learned that in pre-med. <laughs> Let's find yep. sharp rocks to dismember the body. <laughs> yep. And... Okay. So Cassidy and Ellie are both talking to Jessica and they're like, what? Right, let's like call it a day. Like this is, this is awful. And Jessica's just like, we're going to keep doing it. You know why? Because it's funny. And then disaster because Garrett, in order to get the, the air out of her lungs, takes a tire iron and stabs it through Megan's chest. Yeah, he's been freaking out in the background, unbeknownst to them, because they're all off pretending to look for rocks. And Garrett grabs the tire iron and lets the air out of her chest. Yes, and Megan is essentially bleeds to death um, while Cassidy and Ellie try and save her. Um, where Garrett is very much like, oh my god, she wasn't dead? What did you guys make me do? Yeah. After that, they realized that she's dead. Like, Megan is dead. She couldn't be more dead. Yep. (laughs) And so Jessica, who is ever the smart thinker, starts to quickly problem solve. Nobody knows where Megan is. They they could just go back to the party and just do exactly what they said before. Out of all of them, the only one who is trying to do the right thing is Cassidy. Like, the rest of them are 100% awful. So Cassidy says no, she's not going to do it. Like, she decides to walk until they get a, until they get a phone signal because the mine shaft is too far away from cell service. Yeah, they're in the middle of nowhere in their lingerie party gear. (laughs) Yes. And so while she's walking, uh, they decide that they're going to do it anyway. Mm. And they throw her into the mine shaft. Brianna oh, I forgot one of my favorite lines, too. What about implants? Did silicone float? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Brianna Evigan comes back, and she's like, guys, I can't get any service. And realizes they already dumped the body. And she's very complicit looking now and decides well and not only she's not complicit looking but they actively say they will blame her yeah so they uh, all the whole time when they're talking about what to do with megan's body they, they bring up five tenets of sisterhood trust honor respect you're forgetting too sean secrecy and solidarity <laughs> and so they basically blackmail her into going along with what they say and saying that way they don't they get away with it yeah and they're like thank you Cassidy we'll protect you they're all being little bitches 
They're all a bunch of little bitches. It's great. Yes, they are. <laughs> and uh, so uh, finishing up this scene is one of the funniest lines to me again. Um, well, actually, a couple. Cassidy's like, you know, we'll have to go our entire lives. You don't know what it's like carrying around a secret like this. And Jessica answers her, of course we do. We're theta pi. And I'm like, man, what kind of secrets these bitches keep in? And Jessica Jessica tells her, no, let's wash the blood off of the lake and get back to the party. <laughs> and then we get that it's eight months later, graduation day. And the quote I will give you is, reputation comes from the company you keep. And I can never decide, is he trying to hide his accent in this movie because it's not doing it very well? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do think he's doing a good job of it. Um, but he is revealed to be the valedictorian, and he is Cassidy's boyfriend. And also, they ran into Ellie at some point in Ellie's little sweater dress. <laughs> like Everybody else is in formal wear, and Ellie's in a sweater dress. <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy... Andy and her parents go to this little, like, final mixer kind of thing for it's, the graduating class of Theta Pi. Yes, and, and the this legacy. This was a line that I don't think I've ever noticed before. Oh my god, it's the line. And he's like, Jessica starts walking up to him, and he goes, and the devil herself. <laughs> oh my god, I thought you were going to say the line I cued to you off camera. I didn't tell you what it was. But I said I had never caught before. It was in that same scene when Jessica, when you see the construction and everything and it looks really nice, he mm-hmm. says under his breath, you'd almost think that nice people, he said, you would think oh, nice yeah. people lived here or something. I had never yes. heard that before. Yeah. And I only caught it because of the subtitles. And, <laughs> and, then, that is, and, and then here's the devil herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. <laughs> So Jessica is very much a leader, and she's having a nice little, a nice little graduation toast to all the graduates, and talking about Megan who went missing months earlier. Yeah, and she's hoping being, she comes home, and she's being fake as fuck. And uh, yeah. yes, and so they're all standing. Jessica is waxing poetic or trying oh, to. Yes. She is giving strong future politician wife, which is what she's going for. Yes, it's... she she plays the role well, but as she's talking, you we get little glimpses of someone who it looks like Megan, and <laughs> which all the girls are just like, uh, what? Fun fact: the real person does not look at all like Megan. So I'm like, why are they? Freaking yes, out? <laughs> I was about to say that. Like that's literally in my notes. I was like, does this girl really look that much like Megan? Because I uh-uh. do not think she looks that much like Megan. <laughs> no, like, she does a good job. <laughs> But, like, she really is not it. She does not. Like, it's supposed to be Megan's sister, Maggie, who Ellie then screams. Yeah. Who makes Ellie scream and drop her champagne. And then you hear that old, like, collective. (gasps) Yeah. And everybody (laughs) gathers around and and Jessica's all uh, trying to finish her speech. Some of us are still quite overwhelmed. (laughs) Um,. The next line I will cue you for is 
Who even faints anymore? <laughs> okay, um, which I love that line. Uh, so basically, Cassidy is tending to Ellie in the uh, in the kitchen, like giving her a cold compress kind of thing. Um, and Jessica walks in, and she's like, "Okay, who even faints anymore, Ellie?" <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just all talking about. It. She's like, "I thought it was Megan," and she's like. It- She's like, it was her sister, dumbass. And they're also all being like, how creepy was her sister? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Maggie comes in and she's decided she's going to come to their college the next year, which, in a fun little thing, is called Rossman College, which is the name of the original screenwriter of uh-huh. Seven Sisters. So it's a yeah. nice little fun nod there. Um, and, there's, and they're just like, Ugh. and there's no way she's getting in with that outfit. <laughs> yeah, she, Maggie notices they're stocking up on booze, and she's like, "Are you guys having a party?" And Jessica's like, "Yeah, we're having a big ranger for tonight. You should totally come." Okay, oh, I totally forgot. You rushing next year, and that would be against Greek rules. So Maggie is just like. Oh, well, I won't tell if you won't tell. Jessica's like, mm, no. Um, but f- I will personally see to you becoming a Theta Pi. Uh, friend me on Facebook. I'll totally confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably Sean's favorite line from this movie. He says it, it is my favorite line. I say it on everything. It's friend me, friend me on Facebook. I'll totally confirm. <laughs> um, and then our douchey boyfriends come in and they are played by Matt Lanter and what was his name? Like Max Harold or whatever his name is. Heron. Max Hennard. I don't know. Mickey the douche with really bad shoes. Yes. Um, Mickey what's his name? And they come in and they start preparing for the party. Oh well. Chugs is like I gotta go see my therapist to score some oxy for the party because you know that's a normal patient therapist relationship. And Mickey's like, you think if you blow him, you can get enough for all of us? Actually, Kyle says that. Oh yeah, was Kyle Jessica's boyfriend? (laughs) This the son of a senator. A son of a senator. Yeah. And Chugs is like, unfortunately for me, he's more of an ass man, which up until literally today, I always took it to mean he liked to fuck her in the ass. And then I realized because they said blow him, they were talking about oral. So she would be talking about oral. And I think it's pretty awesome. In 2009, they were talking about rimming. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so... Doug goes to her psychiatrist's office um, while the others are kind of getting ready and Claire does this extremely irresponsible thing of putting a ton of bubble bath in the jacuzzi which for jacuzzi maintenance, please don't do that. It will destroy your jacuzzi. Um, I have to <laughs> call you on this. That oh, happens. is that true? That happens after a scene that you totally missed. And you were supposed to know this movie backwards and forwards. Oh, no. So uh, oh, you missed... Yes, I did. I'm... Oh, oh. It's I'm, 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 I'm covering it now. So <laughs> there, uh, you, you, for, you forgot it. 
And oh, like the, you've never forgotten the scene. And they're talking about the girls amongst themselves. And Cassidy tells them, well, specifically Jessica, I don't care if we get caught. I just don't want to share a cell with you. <laughs> and we are notified to an app that will be used throughout the movie called Friend Pen. Whatever the fuck that is, but basically you can pin a friend and see where they are. But this seems very like almost non-consensual, but you know, they were in a relationship. It could have been like, okay, we can see where each other are, but still, if you need to, red flag. And then Carrie Fisher gives all the seniors a lovely speech. uh, It's actually really sweet. And she's very much, she's the house mother and she talks about how for every boy that got kicked out there was five that she didn't t- she didn't get kicked out and sometimes just... five in one night <laughs> yeah. and chugs. another girl says to chug sometimes five guys in one night and chug's just like eh, i got a lot of areas that need <laughs> need tended to or something it's great <laughs> she is a very strong sexual woman and not ashamed of it um yeah. it's wonderful and then Carrie Fisher ends up her thing and is like, I know you've got the party. I'm just to leave. It's tradition. Show the house as much respect as you've shown me the last four years. Ha ha. That's a joke. Because <laughs> you is can imagine. Which not at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and gives them all matching bracelets with 20-some links in each chain. One for each graduating senior. To remind, to remind them of the bonds of sisterhood. And Jessica looks at it and just is like, oh, I'm sorry. It's really nice. And after Carrie Fisher leaves, Jessica and some of the other girls are just throwing the bracelet on the podium. Yeah. And she, Jessica's and just like, like, what if it's silver coated? I'll never wear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I get around, starts playing, we get the hot tub scene with Jamie Chung. Yes, sorry. There's the hot tub scene with Jamie Chung. Yeah. Which is, she is inviting Mickey, the douche, to come and have sex with her in the hot tub one last time in broad daylight in the middle of everyone getting ready for the party. It's college, Sean. Shit happens. It's college. I know, I'm just saying. And so everyone else is getting ready and... Now we're at the therapist's office. Yes. So we're at the therapist's office. And Chugs is walking around and she's... Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not even playing my own game right. So we're at the therapist's yeah, office. Yeah, I was going to say. And the, and the quote I'm going to throw you is, I don't have time for catch me, rate me. Oof. Still another one of those. That's a rough one. <laughs> Oh, I'm um, going to throw you all the rough ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nickels. Uh, that's if I had a nickel. <laughs> for, oh, a, yeah. I was, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, I don't get it. But okay. <laughs> I like to throw in little references for my friends. Uh, other than cute. you. That's um, cute. That's real cute. If you remember in our first episode, I mentioned Cletus the Fetus. And yes. That was the name of my best friend's uh, child when they were in her womb. I was going to say, like, I please tell me they didn't actually name it Cletus the Fetus. They did not. Womb, <laughs> yes. in her, the name for in her womb, that's cute. 
Yeah, um, it was that was ours. Um, which she did contact me on, which was great. Oh, nice. <laughs> loved well, it. tell me about what happens in this therapist's yes. office. So they're in the therapist. So Chugs is walking around the therapist's office. She stops to grab some booze because <laughs> I mean she has to live up to her name. Um, and she is calling out for her her psychiatrist or her therapist and walks into what is seems to be his bedroom there and he is handcuffed and shirtless wearing only a pair of it looks like boxers or briefs and a robe like a silk robe and he's very much like oh i didn't mean for you to catch me like this uh, the previous session with another patient ended abruptly <laughs> and he goes you know normal therapist stuff yeah just like every therapist apparently um, not mine well, my therapist is very professional and wonderful yes. and... there was air quotes around that and i mean like <laughs> creepy ones for this and so he very much is implying that they're going to have to get down to some really busy stuff she goes to freshen up yes the psychiatrist ends up ha- ends up hearing a noise and the music turns off also so can we can we talk about how sterile and cold this psychiatrist office is? Like, that is not a warm, inviting environment you'd want to go talk about stuff. That, that um, man is not a warm and inviting person. Like, what no, are you expecting? But this office, I mean, it's very nice and modern and sleek, but, you know, you'd think you want a therapist office to be kind of inviting and warm. But anyway. Yes. Um, and so he's just like, uh, you have to make an appointment <laughs> and here's some clinking noises and he decides <laughs> uh oh so he goes to grab the the handcuff keys and the clinking noises are getting closer not and the clinking noises not clinking noises and then maybe a little bit of scraping and then yes. finally you know, the, you know the scraping noise that they make in movies anytime a knife is out or touching anything <laughs> Yes, because that's exactly what happens. Yes. Um, And then he ends up unlocking himself, and when he stands up, the killer, who is in a hooded graduation gown, which will come into play, with his face blacked out, uh, but he throws a tie around at his head, and you get in a uh, shadow reveal of the psychiatrist being stabbed in the head with blood everywhere. Oh, yeah. Then we cut to uh, Chugs in the bathroom. She's in the med- she's in the medicine cabinet searching, and she closes it, and she just looks at her face, and she goes, "Cheers, slut!" And it's somehow both sad and empowering, and I don't understand how she did it. <laughs> I cannot comment on that. It's yeah, I, I completely agree, but I cannot comment on how or why it feels that way or works. I think I'm just going to lay the credit all on Margot's performance. Yes, because it's, um, it's somehow, it's there's a lot being read there, and I don't know how it was all intended to be read, or if all of it was intended to be read. But I do think it's, it's a credit to Margot Harshman, because she's fantastic in this movie. I know. Um, and then she is freshened up by freshening up. I mean, she took off her sweater. She goes out to the bedroom and the psychiatrist is gone. The 
uh, handcuffs unlocked. And that's when she starts walking around trying to find where the psychiatrist is. Saying she doesn't have time. And as she walks past, there's like this pool of blood spreading. And again, the psychiatrist psychiatrist (laughs) office is really modern and cool and metallic and grays. And against all that cold color is this pool of blood and she literally is reflected into the blood as she walks past it. And it's a really cool shot that I like. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. And it's very cool. Um, And so she's walking around and she says the don't have time for catch me, rape me, which I know there's such a thing as role playing, but even now, Sean, Sean was so mad at me for including this line in this episode. (laughs) But I'm like, there are role-playing. Role-play things are a thing. And in the context of the type of movie that I think it is, that is is a very black comedy, um, this type of writing and her delivery, it just works. And don't kink shame people. Right. Um, She's walking around, and she finally decides she's just going to wait for him. And so she sits down on this on a little uh like therapist couch and she lays down and she's still <laughs> drinking her Shuck. drink. I have been to a lot of therapists and I've never once <laughs> seen a little couch like that. Yes. And then while she's taking a drink, she tilts the bottle up and then all of a sudden the killer is above her and he shoves the bottle down her throat. Because Chugs is chugging a bottle of alcohol. Yes, Chugs is really living up to her name. (laughs) And she Um, tries to chug that bottle. Yes. She tries to swallow it like a snake and her mouth did not unhinge. Um, But her throat definitely uh, took it. So he pushes the bottle pretty much all the way down her mouth. Dude, he slams it like three times. It's awful. It is crazy. Like, oh. Like, it's it's pretty rough. And then she's, like, choking. And he, the killer, takes the tire iron, which has now got multiple blades on it, and cracks the bottle inside of her neck. And she bleeds to death, or chokes to death, or both. Either way, it's just awful. We see her eyes as she's dying, and... Then and my next also that oh. she dies far too early. I she dies. love Chugs, and I do Can wish he... she was survived longer into the movie. So after Chugs uh, is you know gone, uh, we realize uh, or something I forgot to mention is she did leave a voicemail saying she was going to be late for the party, um, and so that's why she's kind of not a non-entity for a little bit for the girls but when they get back they're still getting ready and one girl comes out and she yells what is she yelling it's already six and i'm wasted and (laughs) ellie usually nice ellie comments yeah and by 10 she'll be pregnant (laughs) (laughs) and that's pretty much all that happens in that scene like it's just a little they're getting ready for the party uh, so they're just getting ready, and I'm going to throw you another quote. You're a spirited girl. And then we have Jessica, um, who is going to, I'm guessing, a dinner. 
um, although the timing for this seems a little off, um, with her boyfriend Kyle and his dad, who is a senator. And she gets there early and meets with him, and he tells her, uh, like, that he sees her as a very spirited girl, and she says, thank you, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that and wasn't said, a compliment. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, that wasn't a compliment. And he says, there are two kinds of girls. The girls you do forever with, and the girls you burn hard with. And he can't decide which one she is. And she... It's, it's a very threatening conversation, like, you need to play it straight because I'm probably going to be president one day and Kyle's got plans and if you want to ride this train all the way up. Which she says is her dream. Yes, and she's just like, you can count on me, sir. So basically, Jessica comes home from the dinner thingy and they're going over like party plans and like what they need to do. And Ellie gets out downstairs to get more vodka and uh, she's just kind of being a bitch and uh, everybody's being kind of bitchy to each other. Jessica finally is just like, I'm going to go take a shower. That's not an invitation. And <laughs> then we cut to the shower room. Yes. And in the shower room, uh, Claire is showering and Another girl comes in, and then Jessica walks up and is just like, aren't these supposed to be senior showers? Do I need to start checking the stalls again? And you see another woman at the end start go, fuck, and just kind of, like, freeze up and stay quiet and make sure that she's, like, not... Also, does it bother you as much as it bothers me that when it's showing Jamie Tung... Jamie Chung taking her shower that like her one eyelid sticks a little bit longer than the other one because it's like yes. the mascara. Every yes. time I watch it, I'm like, uh, it's stuck for a second. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. <laughs> um, and so it 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 so the Jessica tells her name is Riley. Um, oh. this the blonde bitchy girl that she needs she needs to go back to her room and go to her own shower, but, but she makes her drop her towel first. <laughs> and she says, hey. "If you want to see a pair of perfect tits, all you had to do is ask." And I have a fun fact, um, a couple fun facts right here. In fact, in fact, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of facts. Um, <laughs> So on nudity, they're making this, you know, an R-rated slasher. And so they knew people were going to expect some TNA, but they hired all actresses that wouldn't do nudity. Um, Some of them would maybe go on later to do nudity, you know, if it called for it, but they didn't feel like this part did. So they all had no nudity in their contract. And so they had to fill in nudity with background actors and stuff, such as this scene. And uh, Leah Pipes, who plays Jessica... (laughs) <laughs> said I don't have any problem with nudity but I'm flat chested she said but you can't thank me for some of the nudity in the film since I do or tell her to take her towel off <laughs> <laughs> yes and thank you Leah <laughs> my other fact was after the and I am going to about choke to saying this after the success of prom night the year before 
they thought about making this PG-13 instead of R and then decided they could go ahead and keep it R-rated. And could you imagine it would have been ruined? A PG-13 of this? This would have not It would have been, been ruined. One of our favorites. Yeah, it would have been ruined completely. It would be so bad. It would be completely neutered. So what else happens in this shower scene, Sean? Ah, so yes, we have um, our girl in the back who I don't really remember what her name is, to be honest with you. Does, I she, think it's, does she get a name? I think they call her Joanna in the special features. Oh, maybe. But don't quote me on it. Um, but she, like, uh, Jessica and Claire are talking about the message that they, the text message that they got. Um, and did we mention that? Um, kind of, but they've been getting menacing text messages from supposedly Megan's phone. Yes, um, so... And they're talking a... more openly than they should about the fact that they killed Megan and dumped her down a mine shaft. <laughs> yes, and jo- Joanna hears this, and they, while manages to stay quiet, even though she almost drops the soap. Um, yeah. and I love after... how Jamie Chung clearly hears this like tumble and then is just like, I'm just gonna walk away. Like, shouldn't you check and see that some like you just talked about some very sensitive material? <laughs> yes. And you're it's very stupid of her. <laughs> but that's kind of her, kind of a little bit Jamie Chung's MO um in this movie. But she ends up Joanna hears the showers turn on in a very, very yes. like, I horror love the, scene. I love the menacing, like, yeah, and she's just, as, each, as each shower head Hello. gets turned on. <laughs> and then she grabs her towel, puts it on, and ends up go. And she ends up uh, walking around trying to see who's turning on all the showers. And then when she turns around, there's the killer. And the killer pins her up against the wall and then sticks the tire iron through her, the bottom of her jaw into her brain. And with her mouth slightly open, you can actually see yeah, the metal see the part knife. of it. You can see the knife behind it. It's super cool. It is a really cool shot. Um, yeah. But I do have a question for you. What the fuck is this killer doing? <laughs> Like, is he just following them around? Like, but is he only cooking certain ones? Like, is he just Honestly, like, Honestly, oh. I had a thought while I was watching it. I was like, he's literally doing the scary movie thing where behind the scenes, he's just like, hee hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the movie's just not that deep, and who cares? <laughs> right. Um, yes. We, we have the death of Joanna. Thank you, non-character Joanna, and thank you for and, adding to our body count. Yes, and then the next quote I'm going to throw you is, here lies Ellie Morris. She never got laid. <laughs> and this is when Ellie is, goes down into the basement and she is looking for vodka. This is Bridget Jones looking for... <laughs> Sorry, yes. wrong movie. <laughs> um... <laughs> This is Bridget Jones looking for tuna. For tuna. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but she's looking for vodka and putting the rest of the decorations away. And she's 
walking down in the basement all creepily like you think there's gonna be well, a she's killer. not being she's not being creepy it's just no, creepy no. down well, she's horror movie like just kind of like you know walking fla- slowly in her flashlights having issues in her flashlights having issues and she turns on the light and then she blinks and blinks and blinks and then she sees <laughs> That half of Cassidy's coat, which the last time they saw that coat was wrapped around Megan's body, is sitting on the boiler. And then Ellie, maybe slightly rightfully so, starts to flip out. And then Uh, up behind her comes Kyle. Yeah. What are you doing? And he's like, Cassidy told me I should help you. And then the next quote I will give you is <laughs> I think probably my personal favorite of the movie. Nobody's dead, Ellie. Well, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Ellie dis- Ellie goes and tells all the girls what's going on and she's flipping out because Ellie freaking out in this movie is something she does every three seconds. Yeah, she like can't even get two words out. It's like... Yeah, and Jessica's just like, I need you to tell us what's going on. First word, first syllable. <laughs> she's just like, uh, and then she's just, uh, no, that's I went too far. Li- yes, I went too far. Good. Sorry, there uh, are many scenes when they're talking to Ellie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so Ellie's just like, oh, we, that, we left that down with Megan. Like, what if Megan's alive and we jumped her down there? And Jessica tells Ellie, Ellie, there are 30 other girls behind that door that probably shouldn't know we murdered our sorority sister. Okay? Yeah, and they're like, oh, I wish Tugs was here. And Jessica's just like, she'll be here when the party starts. And Jamie Chung's just like, the party's already started. I'm well, sorry, but it, it has. has. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie's just like, "What?" Are, they're like, "What do we do about the coat?" And they're, she's just like, "Hide it, Ellie." <laughs> yes, and Jessica is uh, just fantastic. She's isn't like, that the scene Ellie. where Jessica? Isn't that the scene where Jessica has those has those amazing giant curlers in her hair too? Yes, I think it is. <laughs> Um, and the next quote I'm going to give you, and this will be a, a long one for you, so good luck. Not the quote, the scene. If you touch me again, I'll fucking kill you. Oh, yes. So, the after the, nobody's dead, Ellie. Well, Megan. <laughs> um, we get the next party is starting, the big party. And yeah, they have to go blend what... in. And this is when there is a bunch of debauchery, there's hedonism, and it looks like fun. (laughs) Yeah, it does. There's a fire blower person, and he like chugs, he chugs all this alcohol and does a backflip, and then like, it's there's fog or something, and but there's nothing underneath it. You hear this thud, and you know he landed right on concrete, and everybody's just like, And all of a sudden, you just see the fire spray up, and he jumps up, and everybody cheers. It just looks like a great fucking party, to be honest. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's tits, and dudes oh, are yeah. doing them. Yeah, the and girl then there's the... <laughs> I'm a sea pig! 
Yes, and which I don't was said it, but I get it. <laughs> oh, the, I, I do have a reason for that. The I'm a sea pig thing was put in there because it's a line from the original House of Story Row that a guy yells before he jumps in the pool. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, fun fact. And Mickey and Claire have a fight because she's upset about, you know, there's a killer or something. And he's, and just he's like, grinding his business all over. Yeah, even though they just had sex a couple hours ago, he's like, it's the last day of school. I want fuck. Um, yeah. And she just basically she basically just breaks up with him or like basically breaks up with him she fucking breaks up with him and throws his ring at him and dings him in the eye (laughs) and then he sees ellie sitting by herself because he goes up to her you know that's just what you do your girlfriend breaks up with you you go try to hook up with one of her friends they're totally gonna go for that that's that's totally i will say I did like when he's like, I like this whole braid thing you've got. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Ellie has this like braid in her hair. As and... you were want to do in 2009. In 2009. And he is, he's just kind of like trying to hit on her. And she leans over and she goes, Mickey, if you touch me again, I'll fucking kill you. And then it's like, boom. Red herring, yeah, maybe. It is the most backbone she has shown this entire movie. Yeah, which is weird. Um, it's I, I feel like they were trying to set up her as a red herring, but... Oh, that's it, cute. <laughs> yeah, and he does this weird thing where, like, two underclassmen are trying to get in, and you can't get in unless you have, like, a, a ticket or, a, like, a bracelet. The Greek system needs to make money with these parties, as we learn from Neighbors. Right. And so he ends up uh, he's trying to get them to flash him and they're just like no thanks. Like we decided against it. And you're not real cute either. And he's like that's mean. (laughs) Um, But they have been interrupted. Well I mean he's not that bad cute. He is cute. Uh, he is cute, but also, if you think people aren't cute, you don't need to just tell them to their face. That's me. As a general rule, you just shouldn't tell people you're not real cute. <laughs> they get frightened off by the killer because the killer is walking around in a hooded ground in a hooded gown, which is what half of the Greek system is wearing right now. And um, it does look super scary. I do like it. It does look creepy. It's pretty cool. Um, and Ellie is watching from a window upstairs. She saw and, this whole thing with these girls go down. Yes, and Mickey's like, oh, don't tell Claire. <laughs> and so he tries to follow her upstairs and talk her out of it, and they and go into... Me- meanwhile, we get a short little scene with Claire and Cassidy talking about how Cassidy has become a good person through all of this and how she really admires her. And Cassidy is just like, I have not become a good person. Uh, Regardless, we killed somebody and covered it up and we made a lot of bad choices. And that's pretty all much all that's in that. And Mickey gets upstairs and what happens to him? So Mickey Goes upstairs to try and find Ellie, and all of a sudden, the killer smashes a 
like piece of wood into his leg and it breaks his leg and his piece of bone is just sticking out of it and it looks yeah awesome but painful it is gnarly it hurts so bad every time i see it and then he's like trying to walk on it and i'm just like i I love this so much and also on the look of this and just things i like i don't know when it was in the late early 2000s that movies were like ooh, we could do filters um but a section of them did them especially in horror and i really <laughs> like i like the effect in this movie i hate it in scream 4 <laughs> <laughs> but anyway hot yeah. take uh, yes. uh, but, but yeah. it's kind of nice in that scene because claire does show remorse and she's like i'm uh, you were right we should have gone to the police this is such a hard thing to live with. And it's nice because it shows a little bit of character progression for for Claire. She's, you know, she's been Jessica's lackey kind of the whole movie. She's basically Heather number two. <laughs> yes, she is basically Heather number two. That's actually what I thought of when I was watching it. <laughs> well, after that, that's when Mickey is attacked. He's got his leg broken and he's being chased by the killer. And he ends up trying to crawl down like a dumbwaiter shaft. I think it was uh, the, I think it was a laundry chute. So what some kind of giant hole in a wall that he could maybe fit through. Yeah. Um and so the killer throws the tire iron and it like stops him because he can't if he goes into it it's gonna like totally mess him up, like cut him to pieces. So he stops so halfway down. through. Yeah, he like can't exactly and he can't, go back. Yeah, I was gonna say he can't work up any and also, uh, you know, he can't use his leg because it's snapped in fucking half and the bone's sticking yeah, out. <laughs> it's pretty rough. And then so the killer just turns the tire iron and then just leans the knife part through the wall and into Mickey. And we get this really cool shot of his blood just pouring down his face over his eyes. It's a really cool shot. It is such a cool and, shot. It'd be such an awful way to die. And I love yes, it that is the so killer... Horrible. I love that the killer also has x-ray vision to be able to know exactly where this knife is going to go and just be like, oh, this is where his neck is. This is what's happening in here. And we see that Ellie has seen this whole thing. Um, She's hiding. And poor little Ellie somehow has managed to not scream while seeing this murder happen. And, uh, well, then... I feel like this one is like I, I feel like she's holding it in because she lets him out real fast after she leaves. Well, Ellie storms out after the killer run- leaves. Ellie runs through the party and she's screaming, and basically everyone's like, Ooh. and Claire and. Uh, Cassidy hear her scream and they go, "Oh God, Ellie's falling apart!" Oh God, <laughs> everyone heard her scream. She fucking, she's got a piercing. Yeah. Sc- it is a good horror. Willem has a though. great scream. Like, it is a good one. Basically, they corner Ellie, and Ellie is like despondent. Like she, she is, she is traumatized. Like she's she very is, much just like ah, can't get a word in. She is absolutely incoherent. It is so funny. and finally she gets out like graduation gown or hooded or something and they're like he was in a hooded graduation gown how the Greek system is and they're like did he have two eyes two ears (laughs) poor Ellie (laughs) just crying 
Yes. And so Jessica, as impatient as she is, she decides, fine, since you're not gonna t- you're not gonna tell me, you're gonna show me. And she drags Ellie upstairs. Uh and <laughs> the quote I'm gonna give you for this upcoming segment is oh, why couldn't Ellie have had a nervous breakdown tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Claire and uh Ellie stay behind. And Cassidy and Jessica go to see what 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 the heck freaked Ellie out so much. And Jessica's just like, we are missing the biggest party of the year. And Cassidy's just like, <laughs> oh, yes. Why couldn't Ellie have a nervous breakdown tomorrow? And then Jessica says one of my favorite lines of this whole movie. <laughs> you know, Cassidy, sometimes when you're sarcastic like that, it really makes you sound like a bitch. And nobody likes a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that line. <laughs> it is such a great line. And they get in there and they just, all they can see is the bottom half of somebody's body sticking out yes. of this shoe. And they're and like, shoes. Oh, and they're like, oh no, it's Mickey. He's dead. And they're like, how do you know it's Mickey? And she's like, I recognize those ugly she's like, shoes. I would know those ugly house shoes anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And they see the tire iron, and they're like, "Is that the same tire iron? It looks like someone's like pimped it, looks it out." Looks a little different. Like, yeah, it looks pimped out. As far as iconic murder weapons, like it's a cool one. Yes, and so after this, we get start to get another text message, and this one's actually a video message from yeah. Megan from Megan's cell phone, and it is the video that she was taking when. They, when Garrett stabbed her in the chest. And yeah, a message realistically, pops up. Realistically, this video would have taken six hours to load on those phones, and it would not have been... You wouldn't, even be able to, no. you wouldn't even be able to see what was happening. You wouldn't even be able to tell it was Megan. But they... And it's like, uh, this goes to the meet me at the... Uh, meet me where my, you killed me. Yes, meet me where he killed me, or this goes to the cop in 20 minutes. And they're like, we cannot let Ellie see this text message. And you just hear this scream, and they're just like, <laughs> and they're just Shit. like, too late. <laughs> uh, I just love Jessica's Shit. Like, like, it's just like, uh, one more thing to add to my list of shit that's just going down tonight. Um, and so. They go and they get Ellie and Claire and they're like, we need to leave right now. Um, and Cassidy tries to be nice and she's like, I'm sorry, Mickey's dead to Claire. And Claire's we, like, what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mickey's dead. We've just got to go. And she's just like, Mickey's dead? What? <laughs> and so Cassidy goes downstairs to where her boyfriend is. Yeah, because she got she to gotta tell him she got to go. Like, Yeah, so she's like, they were planning on going out to his father's like cabin or something like that, his parents' cabin. Oh, they had, and very, so, they had very swanky rich people plans. Yes. But he also gets mistaken at this party. This guy's like, you look familiar. I know you, right? And he was just like, I mean, maybe I gave the graduation speech earlier. I was about Victorian. And he's like, no, that isn't it. You sell weed, don't you? And he's just like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when she comes and she's like, I need you to leave. Um, and 
which then gives him a long, heartfelt kiss. And yeah, he, and he's like, "Thank God I could leave this party." <laughs> yes, uh, he's very much not a partier. And yeah, Jessica which is why he's up valid- to the Escalade and honking her horn. Which is and, why he was the valedictorian because, like, I think that party looks awesome, and he would have been studying. And so, for the next scene, the quote I'm going to give you is, she'd have made a great Theta. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Cassidy runs to the Escalade, gets in, and Jessica's like, oh, that was cute. <laughs> Cassidy is just like, oh, is, does anyone have a weapon, Mace? And <laughs> Jessica's just like, yes, there's a chainsaw in the glove compartment. <laughs> Except um, she's way more bitchy with it. She's like, yeah, yeah I've got a chainsaw yeah, in the glove box. There's a chainsaw in the glove box. <laughs> <laughs> and then we slam to a halt. Yeah, they would have gotten whiplash from that break slam. Because someone walks into the road, and it turns out it's Maggie, the creepy sister of Megan. Even though they had told her not to come to that party. She wasn't going to listen to a bitch like Jessica. Because By she the way, that... my sister hated you. Yeah. <laughs> and Jessica fucked her boyfriend. Maggie is just being a bitchy, and she's like... I'll, and Jessica's like, I will deal with you when we get back. And she goes, and Maggie goes, you might want to deal with that hair because it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and in the background, little Ellie is just like, she would So Jessica beta. gets back in. Yes. <laughs> so Jessica gets back in and she's very much like pissed off and... Ellie goes, she'd have made a great Theta. (laughs) And then they all kind of look at her and drive away. So they make it back to the mine. After they get back to the mine shaft, they're thinking, it's still thinking it's Garrett. They originally think it's Garrett because Garrett kind of went crazy after everything that happened and like left school and had a nervous breakdown kind of thing. And he you know, ends up. Chugs tells us earlier, like, you know, he he's lost his way. <laughs> yes. Which, understandably so, can't blame him. Yeah. Um, and it's so. A it's a lot to deal with. Yes. And so when they get there, they turn on the, the headlight. Jessica goes to turn on the headlight so they get more light. And Garrett's standing in front of them. And he's holding <sighs> the other half of the coat. Dum bum. And then his wrists are bloody. Claire is holding a flare gun, and she's like, why did you kill Mickey? He's like, I didn't do anything. And and Cassidy's like, whose blood is that? Yes, and he, like, it's mine, and then he, like, goes to show, like, he had, like, a piece of mirror or something, goes yeah, towards her. a big mirror shard. And it, Jessica, who, ever the quick thinker, just runs his ass over. <laughs> she's she's just, so pragmatic. I love she's it. She's so pragmatic, and I love her so much. She So she hits him with her car. He flies up. He sits back up. So she just rams him again. <laughs> and I love her so much. Um, she's just great. And she's just like, take that, you freak show. <laughs> and they're um, like, Jessica, you can't just go around killing people. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody gave her that. I was going to say, as long as she has a mind shaft, she'll be fine. She's got this. 
Yeah. Um, and she's like, three to one odds, he's still alive. Yes. And then he like, <laughs> he like, and, you know, does the death gurgle thing that they do in movies to let you know that a character is really, really dead. Yes. And she's like, maybe not. <laughs> and then they um, check and, his phone. Yes. And Ellie is just like, so what if it's Megan? Because it turns out that Garrett had been getting the same messages from Megan. So they, and he had cut his own wrist. So he's just been kind of freaking out. And it shows that, that he is not the killer. Um, and Ellie bum, is bum, just bum. convinced it is Megan. They decide to go see if Megan's body is still in the mineshaft. Yeah, and that's the only way to know. Yep, so they're using Cassidy as being lower down. And also, why the fuck is Cassidy who is going? Like, is it because she's in pants? Is that the only reason? Well, even Ellie's in pants. So, like, is it because she's the the smart Ellie's too much of a scary... I think Cassidy's the only one that's tough enough to do it. Yeah, I'd agree with you. She is definitely the toughest out of all of them. But every time I'm all like, out of all of them, it is definitely and not she's her the main, to go. And she's our main character. She's our protagonist. Like, she has True. to be the one to she get has to for see us it. to see. Yeah. Right. Um, but every and time I'm I like, also, this is rude. Why did you send her? <laughs> I love the ingenious way they get light down this mine shaft because they're got the headlights on. Jessica is holding the shard of mirror that Garrett slit his wrists with and angling it so the headlight bounces off the mirror and puts light down in the light shaft. Yeah, like and it. it's really cool. And, but we have a problem because one of the chain links in that old chain is breaking and it snaps. And It's not even evil vines. It just snaps. No. It was very it just convenient snaps. and the year of like 2008 2009 for things like that to happen it was but i mean it is a very old i'm just gonna shout out every single shot of them against this mine shaft is stellar it is it is beautiful um, so, so cassie's down there cassie is down there and she's looking around she doesn't see megan's body she sees the blanket but she doesn't see megan's body i also love that she's like using her like the face light from her phone like it's not even a flashlight it's just like i'm gonna just have my phone screen from 2009 and use it as a light right like she, you do better. she would do better turning it off and letting her eyes adjust yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but that light does shine enough to show that sh- someone has wrote on the wall theta pi must die yeah, and Megan's bum, bum, body bum. is gone. And so the next quote I'm going to give you, Sean, is after party at Rose Sigma New. <laughs> <laughs> so after they somehow get uh, uh, Cassidy back out of the mine shaft. I'm yeah, and then they're just back. They're, then they're just back. Yeah, they're just like... driving back. So they're just walking back into the into the sorority house and everyone is gone. Like the music's still bumping, <laughs> but there is nobody home. They're dead. Yes. And so uh, I think Jessica asked, where is everybody? And Claire goes, probably dead. And Jessica goes, and then the corpses drove the cars home, idiot. <laughs> and Claire goes, 
<laughs> and so they run into one of I'm guessing they're sorority sisters whose name is Bucky and yes. also Bucky is such a scene stealer I don't, I love her in this she is like she's just like California girl. girl she's just like they're like Bucky where is everyone she's like after a party at Rose Sigma New also, ah, that one I couldn't remember Sorry. also the hot tub is broken <laughs> overheated <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> she just walks away, and I'm just like, "Thank God that Bucky survives this movie." <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Claire decides that she's gonna go turn off the the hot tub. Yes, yeah, I mean, she did pour all. Room. She did pour all the bubbles in earlier. So and, I can't really blame her for and, solving her own mess. And they make the comment, like, maybe Megan won't kill us. We're sisters. And they're just like, yeah, that ought to trump killing her and dumping her body down a mine shaft. So Cassidy is double-checking on Ellie. And Jessica gets rid of the drunkies. And then you just hear her in the background go, is anyone going to turn the music off? Or do I have to do everything myself? And I have never related to a character more. They get a text message from Chugs. And... It's telling them, uh, specifically Ellie, Cassidy, and Jessica, that she's not going to make it to the party because she's dead. Because and they're she's like, dead. Yeah, complete with an emoji. And <laughs> the they're just like, emoji. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, wait, why didn't it include Claire, who has been out trying to turn off the hot tub and like, all these bubbles and, and these fabulous. billions of bubbles, which is a really cool set piece. Like, it yes, really it does is. look cool. Like, I like and that. And at that moment, she comes running up and slamming into the window and she's screaming for help. And there's a cord tied around her leg and they're trying to get the door open and can't, even though you know they live in this house and should know how to open it. Like, um, they never opened these doors before. Like, I feel like they've opened those doors for parties or something or luncheons or again they've lived there for like four years but i feel like jessica has everyone open her door that's true she just walks in the doors open out of fear (laughs) yes i absolutely believe that then something in the bubbles yanks at claire's cord tied around her foot and she just gets pulled away very classic horror movie you know scraping with her nails off into the bubbles and this attack is sh- it, like it's shot like a shark attack it's super cool it and is really at cool same, at the same time claire is like getting attacked and keeps getting pulled under the bubbles and then you see a flash because she had a flare gun and then you just don't see anything and they finally get doors open and, and Cassidy grabs a cane and runs which, out. Yes, and the cane is an homage to uh, the original House on Sorority Row. And because they, the killer in that one had a cane that they yeah. used, like the super sharp cane. Yeah, and it had the same like head and stuff on it, so they used that as a little homage. And she runs out and finds Claire dead with her face just blistering and bubbling and with the flare shot in her mouth. Ugh, and it's, it's honest, so awful. I always wish they would hold on it like three more seconds, but I'm just like, it's so gross, but I just want to see a little bit more because I was like, that effect is so cool. They worked really hard on that. I just, um, I, I always feel so bad for Claire because I feel like Claire, like, at least 
was showed remorse. So I feel like it's such an awful death for her. Also, like another one with something to the mouth. <laughs> yeah, they do that a lot in that movie. <laughs> yes, but they it's do. all. A- but if, in the end, it is all about people who have a big mouth and talk. So it makes kind of sense. That is true. Uh, and it doesn't so, absolutely work. I'm just saying that's a, that's a nice little thematic thing. And if it's yeah. not, it should be a thematic thing. Uh, the next quote I will give you for the next chunk of movie is, Mrs. Crenshaw, it's me, Jessica. <laughs> yes. So after Claire dies... Uh, by Claire. Uh, yeah. Cassidy runs back inside, and she Jessica goes to find Kyle, and she and Ellie lock a door, and they go with go, try, basically follow Jessica, and Jessica goes upstairs, and she discovers that there's a girl in her bed, and, and what it girl? is Maggie who with says, a little stocking straps that and. Fit and are just too loose to be sexy. Yes, and, and wearing the shirt that Kyle was wearing earlier. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> and she ends up going, and so she's like, I met a boy, this boy, and it's a picture of Kyle. And Jessica's like, That's my boy. And she's like, And Maggie's just like, Oh, is he? Uh, she's like but would you mind getting mind leaving Um, we were just getting started and Maggie goes pay back the bitch and And she's like you're "You're a bitch bitch," and just starts (laughs) trying to beat the shit out of her (laughs) and then Maggie's like literally got her fist back about to get Jessica in the face and you hear something and they're like Megan. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, wait, Megan. what? <laughs> and poor, poor Megan has no idea. Like, Megan, yeah. Megan's been missing for months. And so and then they're like, they hear- Megan. And so she's freaking out. And Jessica's just like, fuck this. And so she goes and gets an axe. And they're like, all waiting by the corner. <laughs> yes. And then when the noise gets closer, Jessica swings the axe and gets a face full of shotgun stock. None other than Carrie Fisher, who ducks Mrs. out of the way Crenshaw. like a who ducks out of the way like a G, and then just fucking gun butts Jessica to the face. And she's like, Mrs. Crenshaw, it's me, Jessica. And she, Mrs. Carrie Fisher's just like, I know, you've had that coming for four years. Yeah, <laughs> and she really does. Like, she absolutely fucking does. And she's all mad at him, and she's like, I'm so mad at what you did. Or, we didn't keep mean to kill Megan. And she's like, kill Megan? I'm mad for what you did to the house. Yeah. And Maggie's just like, Wait, you killed Megan? Megan. Yes. <laughs> and Megan's just like, what? Oh my god, Megan. And so Crenshaw is just like, uh, is Kyle involved in this? And Jessica's like, mm, no. no. <laughs> and she's just like, so Carrie Fisher racks the shotgun again. 
and it's just like lie, lie to me again. again. Okay, Kyle like, knows. Yeah, Kyle knows. <laughs> and Cassidy's just like, what the hell? What happened to to secrecy and solidarity? Am like, I the am only, I the only one didn't who tell didn't tell anyone? anyone? And so Crenshaw's just like, okay, you. We need to call the police. You guys go hide in Jessica's room. Um, and first and of all, because she's just like, Mrs. Crenshaw's like, somebody talking. Cassidy's like, well, we don't know if Megan's alive or not. Chugs is dead. Mickey's dead. Uh, uh, Claire's, Claire's dead. dead. Um, but yeah, we need to get out of here. And Mrs. Crenshaw's like, okay, go hide. I've got a gun. I'll go see what's going on because it's Carrie Fisher and she is a badass and she is wonderful. She's queen. We love her. Um, and so they go to hide and they just, Mrs. Crenshaw goes downstairs to try and find the try and find the killer. And, so and Cassidy asks them where like where she asks us to where like is. like does anybody have a phone? Because they need to call the cops. Yes. Told him to call the cops. <laughs> and <laughs> Jessica's just like, no, I must have dropped it. And then she asks Ellie, and Ellie's like, I don't really know where my phone is right now. I've had kind of a crazy day. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie's just like breaking down and yes. just like fully explaining how why she doesn't have her phone and doesn't know where it is. It's just like it's super. Oh funny. my god, she really does. And so uh, you hear a shotgun we... blast. Yeah, and, and Jessica's like, oh, maybe like, she got her. Maybe she got her. And Maggie and, goes, oh, Megan! And then yeah. runs out of the room. And, and Jessica, I'm going to let you have this yes, one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and as Maggie's running out, Jessica's just like, oh, no. Don't go out there. And Cassidy, <laughs> Cassidy just looks at her. Look. <laughs> and she was like, what? I tried to warn her. <laughs> and the next quote I'm going to give you for this next section is, I run a house with 50 crazy bitches. <laughs> yes. And Mrs. Crenshaw is down in the kitchen, and she does find the killer, and she is cracking them through the kitchen and shooting shotgun shells at him and ends up uh, using a full load load of bullets uh, out of the gun um, that were already checked and the killer throws the pimped out tire iron at her and while she's trying to reload she walks in front of it which is dumb but uh, I mean she was startled I she and was I, and I think I, she was trying to run away from him yes and if I can just comment right here even uh-huh. though we don't know who the killer is at this point in the movie, I know who the killer is, and I would also give him a full load. Um, <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> but anyway, carry on with poor yes. Carrie Fisher. Um, yes, yeah, so Carrie Fisher, he pushes a table into her, and it pushes the spear part of the tire iron into her chest, into what it looks to be her heart. And ever the badass she takes the shotgun turns aside and tries to shoot him while saying stay away from my girls and right. earlier was when she said i run a house of 50 crazy bitches because she yes, sees him and sorry, she's like 
She sees him and she's like, Please don't think I'm afraid of you. I run a house with 50 crazy bitches. Yeah. (laughs) Like Carrie Fisher. Yes. Oh, I loved you so much. It's very sad. And, and Maggie is cut over to Maggie, who is tiptoeing her way through the empty living rooms that Again, is littered with litter. Remember that Maggie is wearing a man's shirt socks. and long <laughs> and long stocking socks that come up to like just over her, her knee, and the garter strap. Yeah, that should be like <laughs> tightly strapped to her leg. You know the sexy look, and they're like hanging limply. It just doesn't work, and Maggie's annoying. I don't like her. I know her sister's dead, but... <laughs> but yeah, so she is looking around, trying to see if Megan's there, calling for Megan, and the killer walk- comes up behind her and lights a Molotov cocktail and throws it at the door she was trying to run out of. <laughs> I know. I love her look of realization, because she's like, Megan? And then, like, she sees, and then, like, you see the fire throws it at her. She's running. It's in slow motion. A fire spreading in slow motion, and it's super cool. Yeah, she's and... dead. Well, she she should be dead if that would have hit her. Um, but she yeah. runs away. Um, so, Jessica and Cassidy and Ellie are still in Jessica's room. And Jessica and Cassidy decide to go up and get Mickey's phone. And Cassidy's like, Ellie, hide. If you take a chance to get out, just take it. And so they leave. And Ellie's sitting there, and she's like, okay. And she turns off the light, and then she goes and hides in the closet. But, like, she's hiding behind shirts, and so, like, only the top of her is covered, and you just see her legs, and she's standing there in the middle. And you see her, like, look down, and she's just like, shit! (laughs) (laughs) And it's so so funny. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, for this next little section I will give you the quote stop giving him ideas (laughs) yes so Jessica and Cassidy are tiptoeing up through to the renovations to where Mickey's body is and Jessica has a little mantra she's going please God don't get me killed please God don't get me killed and Cassidy goes Stop giving him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> to and so they're trying to head towards Mickey's body, and all of a sudden, who should appear but Kyle, Jessica's also boyfriend, wearing a graduation gown, and also he's not wearing pants. Yes, he <laughs> is wearing only socks. Which, ugh. <laughs> oh, you're you're mad. People have sex in to... socks. It's so well, weird. Well, actually, they were both having sex in socks. <laughs> I know, and that's why it's just awful. <laughs> um, and so Kyle's very much like, you need to get everything figured out, and starts to basically attack them, saying like, my father's an important man, and he can't go down for this. And so he basically throws Jessica aside and Cassidy was going for the phone and he attacks Cassidy, pins her down, holds her by the throat and then smashes the phone. And she's like, Jessica, help me. And he's like, 
Oh, don't you know Jessica? Jessica's a power whore. She'll do anything as long and she goes, she kicks him in the face and goes, as long as you keep your dick in your pants, scumbag. And he gets super <laughs> mad. He gets super mad about it and's like, don't you know who my father is? And she's like, oh yeah? Maybe I'm fucking the wrong guy then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the next scene I will give you a prompt for is one I know you're very excited about. Who the hell lit the house on fire? Shit! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so Kyle has officially gone into weird, crazy freakout mode, and he is brandishing an axe and coming after Jessica and uh, Cassidy, and so they're trying to hide. Um, They go into one room, and they notice outside that there's... And also, right here, Jessica's phone goes off. Yes. Well, right, right before that, she notices that the house is like there's like fire outside the the scaffolding, and she goes, "Who let the okay? Who let the house on? Who the hell lit the house on fire?" Shit. And her shits are so great because she has so many of them in this. I know um, she delivers a great shit. She does, and so they go to hide in a bathroom, and Kyle is still going looking for them, taunting him a little bit, calling for him, and in the bathroom. Be- I just love that before when they're all like, do you have a phone? Do you have a phone? Do you have a phone? Like, no, I don't know where my phone is. Like, And the whole entire reason they went up there was to get his phone, and like, she literally had her phone on her the whole time. <laughs> yes, and Jessica just kind of sucks with that one. Uh, so they are hiding in a bathroom, and Cassidy accidentally knocks the shower curtain to the side, <laughs> and Lo and behold, there is the decaying corpse of Megan. Megan. <laughs> and Cassidy goes, oh my god, it's Megan. And Jessica goes, oh, she looks terrible. <laughs> that was and the part that was the part where that was the part where Mitchell was like, "These they're just talking like 20-year-old guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's it is such true. a funny it is joke. True. Like you just saw the corpse of your friend that you accidentally murdered and like oh she, oh, looks, she terrible. looks terrible. <laughs> um so Kyle is the shining his way into the door and he uses the butt of the axe on the first hit and it knocks Jessica out. She kind of Yes it does. And he's Oh, and as yes. he's as he's chopping the door down at first, like yeah. before he hits her, <laughs> yes. she uh, looks at Cassidy and she's like, "You know, I'm starting to think he's not marriage material." <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he then promptly got knocked out, and so he's got most of the door taken down. And Cassidy decides she needs to make a run for it, so she runs yeah. past him. He and grabs her. Will, yes, and for this section, I'm going to give you the quote. The company you keep, bitches. <laughs> and so, yes. And Cassidy is basically being attacked by, uh, oh my god, Kyle. I couldn't remember his name for a second. I almost called him Matt Lanter. And I was like, yeah, he no, is, that's his real name. Yeah, uh, no, he's so, very forgettable. He's basic white boy. like Yes, basic white frat, frat douchebag. Yeah. Daddy has money. Um, and Daddy left early. Mama was poor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I did not see a, uh, a reference to a little shop of horrors. I wasn't either, but it happened. So, you know, so let's be happy with it. Yeah. Um, but he, so Kyle's basically like, we, I told Jessica, she needs to shut this down. Everyone needs to be quiet about it. Uh, we're like, this can't ruin my dad. Blah, blah, blah. Your little little boyfriend's not here to protect you this time. And guess, lo and behold, Kyle gets an axe to the back of the head. Yes. And who's wielding that axe? My favorite, trying not to be British, cute little gay man, Julian Morris himself. And I'm so attracted to him with his crazy smile and eyes in this finale section. Oh my God. Yes. And Andy is. So is a- Andy is revealed to have been there, even though a few scenes before, uh, before the, was it before they went to the? I don't know. They had this friend pin thing throughout it, and he's been traveling yeah, the... further away. But basically, yeah, so... he stuck his he stuck his phone in a greyhound. Good for him. Yes, and it but... said he was like eighty five miles away. But friend, uh, so. Uh, Cassidy is stunned um, and is realizes that he's holding a, he has a tire iron in his pocket and it's the tricked out tire iron. Yeah, and, and so I believe he's Cassidy still, realizes. I believe he's still wearing. He's also wearing the uh, graduation gown. I don't think so. I thought he was only wearing a jacket in that one. Like, because uh, it looks like he's wearing the jacket he was wearing when they were downstairs at the party. And then he comes back in the in the dressing gown. Yeah, because I was like, did he dress normally for that scene? But yeah, yeah you're probably, I, you're probably I right. I think he did because he. I think he was. You he, watched it yeah. like an hour an hour sooner than I did, so yes. you, have, <laughs> you have the pressure. I have memory. a slightly better memory on that one, but he is very much like, uh, yeah. So Ellie told me what happened. And I've been trying to get you to open up for a year. So, and... like, hold on. Let's uh, let's break this down a little bit. So okay. her boyfriend is the killer. And his yes. motivation is, if anybody ever talks about this, it'll ruin all of their lives. None of them are safe. And the only way he know, And he really, in his own way and mind loves Cassidy, even though she hasn't ever talked to him about this. But he's like, all of the people who know about this incident need to die and go away so Cassidy can be free and happy to live her life with with me. And by me, I mean him. And by him, I mean he needs to just marry me. I know he's <laughs> happy with... I know he's happy with someone, but yeah. That's his whole motivation is like he is trying to protect her and anybody who knows about this thing dies because someone told him. Yes. And it was Ellie. Um, And Jessica has awoken and she sees that Kyle is very dead. Um, And Andy talks about his plan a little bit. He was trying to protect Cassidy. And, and Jessica quickly ascertains what's going on very quickly. Yeah. And she's like, you know, this is this is okay. Yeah, she's very much like, this is okay. We can make this work. I totally get it. We we can make a story. And Andy takes the tire iron and shoves it into her mouth, pinning her against the wall. 
And that is the end of Jessica and says, that girl really needs to learn how to keep her mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) And, and um, can we just take a second for, for Jessica? Because, uh, yes, one of my favorite bitchy colors, one of my favorite bitchy characters in any media. Yes. And I mean, (laughs) this movie is one of the bitchiest of all time and she is the best of the best. The weekend core went out for her, of course. Yes. If I had one, I'd be drinking it. Yeah, and then uh, he gives this little speech to Cassidy, and he is like, in my valedictorian speech, I talk about how reputation comes from the company you keep. And the company you keep? Bitches. and, And somewhere in there, he's like, valedictorian comes from the Latin valedicere. And uh, he tells her that they need to say goodbye to all of this and farewell to the bitches of Theta Pi. Now let's just go do Ellie and we can be off to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he decides that Ellie is, does need to die in order for all of the all of his plan to work. And, and Cassidy yeah. doesn't understand why. And he's like, Ellie's the biggest one. Hell, she told me. Yeah. He's like, let's just go do Ellie together. You're always saying we need to do more stuff together. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he does say that. Um, somehow, I think that serial murder was not what Cassidy had in mind, but... No, he's you know. got a very JD and Heather's mindset going on right now. Yes. Um, so, Cassidy is very much like, realizing like, oh my boyfriend's a psycho. I'm going to have to stop him. I need to try and save Ellie. So she says, okay, um, we need to get out because the house is on fire and it is quickly burning down. So he kisses her after he tells her to just go wait outside. He'll go get Ellie by himself because, you know, the house is burning down. And she kisses him back to make him, like, believe it. And she's like, I told Ellie to meet me in the basement. So he goes off, supposedly, to find Ellie. And she's just like, Ellie. She goes back to where she left her. And she's like, we gotta go. And she's like, is it safe? And she's like, no, it's not getting any safer. So she, like, grabs Ellie to go out. And he had waited around to see if she was lying to him. And he's just like, babe, why would you lie to me and everything? And anyway, she... Gets upset at him because they're done. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, I pinned you. And it said you were gone. He's just like, my phone took a drive. And she's like, oh, good one. And she takes a lamp and fucking beans him across the face. And she does this. And also because he did this uh, because he's trying to kill. Now he's actively trying to murder her, too. Because, well, yeah, because he did. Well, also, he wasn't trying to kill her until she lied to him about Ellie. Yes. And then and, he um, realized that she was not going to Yeah, be she's, part not of his his, she's not on his team. And she, throughout this finale, she beans a few guys with lamps. And these things are sturdy. And, and by um, few guys, it's the same guy. <laughs> Well, she also does it to Kyle at some point, but I think she gets him with, like, something else. 
It's uh, not she hits him with the fire extinguisher. Oh yeah, yeah. She's just always being. But I like. I used to get mad that she's not double tapping on these guys, but I feel like as a woman, what you're taught and everything in safety situations is kind of like quickly incapacitate them and get to safety rather than like try to take somebody down. Yes. Um, and that's exactly so I, it. And so she's doing the right thing. And then they see fucking Maggie trapped from the fire. And... Yes. And Maggie is trapped behind like an entire basically <laughs> wall of who, fire in a who, windowless room. Who is trapped? <laughs> I said Maggie. You said Megan. <laughs> no, I'm pretty positive I said Maggie. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Megan, but it's funny. Yeah, anyway. you'll be able to tell in the edit. You're editing I, it. I will be able to tell in the edit. <laughs> um, but Maggie is trapped behind, uh, behind like a wall of flame, and Cassidy is like, "Okay, I'm gonna save you. I left your sister, but I'm not leaving you." And be consistent. Leave her too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the one thing, like, does it ever bother you that, like, I hate it in movies when, like, a character who clearly would not know that another character is dead doesn't call out for another character? Like, she uh, yes. dead. I know. And like, she's, well, maybe... she's just like, Cassidy, Emily, but they are the nice ones. So I guess maybe I, I would also, call them first. That's true. They are the nice ones, and I also thought maybe she saw them through a door. Right. Um, so maybe that's okay. why she I could, did that. I could see that. Sorry. But that's always driven me crazy when you're watching a movie and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, it's like a character who clearly would not know anything in the situation is just like only calls out the people who are still alive. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, it, I don't think I in this situation it was lazy screenwriting. I think she like saw them through the door also would Jessica help her? Fuck no. Um, no, she wouldn't. I, I, that does fit for Jessica. <laughs> and uh, then Andy finds them. He's conscious again. And he does his thing. And Sean, talk about his little system and his little taunting. And Yes, so he decides that he's going to kill Maggie because now Maggie knows what's happened and he says who am I to let you burn to death so he takes a string off of a curtain and then he ties it to the pimped out tire iron and starts flinging it at Maggie and she's dodging even though she is still also like he's very good at this. Like you know when in Prey when she's doing that between trees, he's like that good at it. Right. Like has he he's been practicing very good at it. Has he been practicing with this tire iron for eight months? I mean I could see it, but <laughs> Right. And he probably had been <laughs> ever since he found out. Um he so he's throwing this tire iron at her. It's smashing through the wall, smashing through pictures. She's managing to try and stay alive. Uh, so Cassidy takes a chair and just tosses that at him. Hey, shoves it at him. <laughs> yes, she is not having it, and so she uh, 
hits him, hits him with the chair, and then she disappears behind him and brings another one of her favorite weapons, a lamp. <laughs> yep, she um, does love he, a good lamp. She hits him and knocks him down, and then she uh, throws the lamp and then tries to get Maggie out because, like, the place is on, like, fire, fire. It is on fire. Yeah. And, and she, Maggie will not cooperate. Well, then again, she's scared. I can't blame her. Like, it is a wall of fire. Like, How many times have you argued with me about how adrenaline helps you do crazy shit? That and... is true, but, like, would you walk across fire? <laughs> Unless she doesn't have to walk. She just had to jump real quick. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that room is supposed to be bigger than it feels. <laughs> and also, like, she's not wearing very much. It's not like she's going to be trapped in burning clothes. Like, she could, like... No, she's just going to straight up burn her skin off. <laughs> no, I feel like it'd be easier to, like... Nothing's going to catch on fire like that. Whereas if it was, like, clothes, you're going to be trapped in it. You just... What she has on, she can get off really easily and she'd be fine. Like, her hair might burn a little bit, but... <laughs> Only her hair. <laughs> It's yes. not like it's not important. Um, but she I, hey, Sean, I know that hair is not important. I have gone through chemo and lost my hair, and I was just fine. And <laughs> that is true. You did, yeah. Think. I'm just prematurely balding. <laughs> yes, if Maggie had lost her hair, she would have been fine. She like, would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, you are correct. But she is still flipping, freaking out, and Cassidy gets tackled by Andy, who, of course, she did not double tap. Yep. Um, but this one kind of makes sense, because I feel like she's really trying to get out of that fucking building. Yeah. Um, and she, like, falls into a hole in the floor, but the only thing holding her up is that bracelet Mrs. Crenshaw gave, and she was talking about well, how it would remind them of the strength of sisterhood, and... Yes, so he basically he takes that same lamp, this very, very, very sturdy lamp, and he smashes the floor underneath her, and Cassidy falls through and gets caught on her bracelet. So she's in the floor, he's like cutting her, and Ellie comes in with the shotgun to the rescue. Hey, asshole. He looks up, she shoots him, he falls backwards through the floor, and this really ridiculous CG fire falling shot, but it's it 2009, is. I forgive it. <laughs> and he falls to his death, and Ellie helps Cassidy get up, and you know, they're also both wearing their bracelets, and they both survived. All the bitches that threw their bracelets down didn't keep them, died. At least out of our core group. And they help Maggie against my preference and help her get out of the fire and then to an epic needle drop they get this slow motion walk out of the sorority house it's blazing behind them you see the fire trucks coming and they just slow-mo walk out of there and that's also on my bucket list you know Sometimes you just got to burn up your past and watch it explode behind you and walk <laughs> away in slow motion like you're in a John Woo movie. <laughs> and... Don't trust the B reference. I'm right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, make it yes. popular again. And oh, then I'm trying. That's, 
that's all we know until we see 15 months later. And the quote I'm going to give you here is, Theta Pi says goodbye. Well, that's because <laughs> that's the only thing that's said right there. Um, so <laughs> after they walk away, after they did their walk away from everything, um, it comes to 15 months later. And we see the Theta Pi girls are doing a choreographed little routine. The only one who's oh, not no, is it's so- Maggie. Yeah, she's just, like, waving her head, but it's totally kind of like that really creepy sorority video that everyone was making fun about, like, several years ago that was just going around everywhere from, like, University of Alabama or something. And anyway, but they're just like, Peter Pie says goodbye and, like, clapping and, like, waving their heads. It's really creepy. Yeah, and, and we slow pull out to... And, yeah, and- and- to a sequel setup that's never going to happen. <laughs> yes. So, so a bunch of gardeners, and there is one gardener in particular standing with a hoe in his hand. <laughs> and uh-huh. you see these just scars on his wrist, implying that Garrett didn't die as he's coming back for the sorority sisters. Yeah. But and that didn't happen. It, and, it never will. <laughs> yeah, and that's the movie. Yes. What are your final thoughts? Uh, I actually have a question for you. Do you think they went to jail? Do I think they went to jail? Yeah, do you think that the that Cassidy and Ellie told every, the police exactly what happened? Or do you think they embellished it? I or, and... think they are living their happy life. I think they took that secret to their grave. All right, I was wondering what like <laughs> what do you th- what do you think? I don't know. I feel like Cassidy would definitely tell the truth, and now that Ellie's had such a bad experience, she'll tell the truth too. But I feel like they may give him a, a more like a little bit more of a, a a different kind of quote. Like it was definitely the three of them that put them up to it, <laughs> which maybe it was I. I don't know. I feel like since everything burnt down, like, fire is really good at getting rid of evidence, and there was so much partying, and, like, um, depending on the story that they told, I think they could have gotten away with it, especially within this movie logic. Right. Um, but, yeah, I fucking love this movie. If I'm <laughs> depressed, and I am depressed a lot, dear listeners, it's a thing. A sorority Row cheers me up. I know it's not PC, but it just reminds me of when I was in college and just, it's so bitchy and I love a good, really bitchy movie and a good bitchy character. And Jessica is so fucking bitchy. Yeah. And Jessica's the queen of bitch. And scripts like this make me so hard. Like I love them. They're so funny. They're so like, (laughs) (laughs) they're just, they're just great. I love them. They're fun to quote. They're just, like raunchy but not in like a raunchy way they're just i don't know yeah it's It's just it's a fun movie it's fun yeah like it is it there's nothing deep about it like we're not gonna get no not a thing there's nothing deep about it it's one of those movies you put on yeah you one of those movies you put on with a group of friends and you just laugh because it is funny. Um, Jessica is the greatest character, but Chugs is a close second. 
Um, but all I, of them are I, pretty great. I love all of them. I think they all have really great moments. Um, yeah. Uh, so, what do you think this movie made? Like, in box office? Yes, box office. Ooh, um, I'm going with $4 million. Uh, well, <laughs> let's go with fourteen million. So weird for comparison. This was on a budget of twelve and a half million. Uh huh. So decent horror budget for two thousand nine. You know, pretty regular. On its opening weekend, maybe this is why I didn't go see it. It made five million dollars. <laughs> it's. It's again twelve and a half million dollar budget. Its entire gross for the U.S. was just under twelve million. Again, we're not talking Ooh. about marketing or anything. Worldwide, though, it did make twenty seven million. So, like, it wasn't a fail. It wasn't a failure, but like, once everything was taken into consideration and marketing and stuff, it did not make uh, probably what they wanted. But it has lived on. It has a legacy. Um, I love it. I have bought it multiple times. It's it's wonderful. I it is. Just... It's a fun, fun, <laughs> fun movie. And uh, do you want to guess what it is on Letterboxd? Ooh. 2.3. Two point three. So obviously it is a five-star film for me. Uh, the average rating on Letterbox is 2.6. You were really close. Ah. And I think it deserves better. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, it's better than what I thought. I was think I was I was actually hoping with the 2.3. I was like, I think it's going to be a 2.2. Um, oh. So 2.6 is actually, it's a nice halfway part. So, I mean, at least yeah, it's that's like people are like, uh, this is like a 5 out of 10. This is, yeah. I don't, I think it deserves better. So do you have any final thoughts before I go over our socials? Uh, I love this movie. Jessica does make being a bitch an art form, and it's little crappy movies like this that make me love movies. And this isn't even crappy. This one's just little bitchy oh, no. movies like this one. We have watched far worse movies than this one, Sean. Oh, yes. And we'll probably we might cover some more... of them. Yes, I know, and we will probably watch far more bitchy movies. Bitchy. I hope we see bitchier movies than this, but we will probably cover far more awful movies than that. Yes. I I agree. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so, if you want to reach out to us, our socials are, you can reach us on Twitter, together at Triple M Pod. And the T and triple is capitalized. There's three capital M's and the P and pod is capitalized. You know, the men who like men who like movies, triple M, get it? You know, it made sense to me when I made it. Uh, you can reach <laughs> me at just happy to see you. Like, is that a gun in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? I made it a long time ago. I thought it was clever. I like it. It's whatever, but it's just happy Number two, letter C, letter U. You can reach Sean on Twitter at... Smurf, S-M-U-R-P-H, 013. And I'm on Letterboxd at Just Happy to See You, just the same as on Twitter. And Sean is on Letterboxd at... Murph the Smurf. 
M-U-R-P-H, T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H. And on Facebook, we have a page that is just called, like the podcast, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. You can find us on Instagram where we will post what we're watching um, a few days before the next episode comes out. So you can follow along and just see cool posters. And on Instagram, we are just at Triple M Pod, just like on Twitter. And if you want to reach us by email, our email is simply this men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. It's real simple, easy to yeah. remember. That, that, but, yeah, that's, that's a nice one. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, if you reach out to us, we'll definitely get back to you. We're really excited about having engagement with our listeners. And if you just want to send us gifts or if we ask questions or something, or if you just are like, you're wrong. Or, or even requests. Um, yes, and yes, I'm so excited to get requests. We're already putting some on the schedule from people that we've gotten. But hit us up. Give us a request. Whatever. And Clayton, so what are we covering next week? So uh, next week, a movie comes out that is a prequel to a movie we covered earlier. And we couldn't let this release go by without letting you know how Pearl turned into a kidnapping, murdering sex fiend. Um, <laughs> and we're going to see our origin story in theaters and then talk to you about it. And I'm so excited about this. Anyway, yeah. bye. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Toodles.